Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hey, what's going on, Archons? Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I am your Keyforge friend, and this week I'm joined actually by a truly new Keyforge friend, someone that I have known well through, I guess, hearing about his exploits, uh, mainly in the Call of Discovery podcast, believe it or not. That's that's why I'm most familiar. Um, so Sydney is joined with me this week, of course. Hey, Sydney. Hello, hello. But we're also joined by the infamous D-House. D-House, what's going on, buddy? Hey, hey, happy to be here. And don't believe a thing you heard on Call of Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to put the rumors to rest. Everyone wants to know. <laughs> no, but this this is honestly, um, I'm I'm very excited about this episode. Not just because you are here, D House, but because uh, I think the topic we chose today is um, is pretty exciting. Given uh, some recent news that just came out. So before we get into that, um, D House uh, made it clear to Sydney and I that he is the expert on this recent release of information. So we are going to allow him to actually take the spotlight here and fill us in with everything that was announced. Take it away. Yeah, let, let's let's be cautious with the word expert. Uh, let's, you know, <laughs> ease in there. Um, yeah, so um, I think everyone should know at this point, English decks, we should be having them shipped by end of May for Winds of Exchange, which we're all celebrating and there's, there's parties in the streets happening. Um, what we just found out last night, there was a, a picture posted from Gamma for the Ghost Galaxy booth, and um, I did the whole like CSI enhance, 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 <laughs> um, and got into uh, start reading through. And so a couple things that we learned, and then there was also a correction because um, the sheet said coming this fall for retailers, uh, store championships, and league kits. Ghost Galaxy immediately said store championships not happening this fall, happening 24. But there are league play kits coming this this fall, um, which is pretty exciting. I love league play. I think some of, some of my favorite game memories are tied to league play. Um, so that was huge news for the retailers. Uh, the other big news there is that their target date for Winds of Exchange at retail is July. Um, Woohoo! Woo and that's so important because we can't be inviting people to come play Keyforge and learn if there's literally no products on the shelves and we can't run sealed and we can't, I don't know. So Absolutely. Um, like one was, of the most exciting things for me about this is like the fact that they'll have it on the shelves and have league play means that like there is multiple things for game stores to be excited about. And we can literally start going to our own game stores and telling them this. So right now, like I've kind of been telling my game store, I'll give you news as soon as I have it. And now I can like walk in and be like, Get us on the calendar. I want your Tuesdays starting this date going forward, just like it used to be three years ago. But oh. I'm, oh my God, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then there was also another piece of information that was attached to this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they, they yeah. So they said uh, for retailers, for every six boxes of Winds of Exchange that they buy, they'll get uh, one free unchained box. Uh, ah, to have how crazy a display, is that? you mean? Yeah, display. Yes, display. So basically, for every case, they get a display. Yeah, or yeah, because I, I think love it's a that case. That comes... There's six boxes in a case. Yes. Yeah, 
I love that that comes with like no strings attached. Like they can use it, like they can, you can play an unchained tournament or they can use it as prizes. There's going to mm-hmm. be really cool things that like the flexibility of it is also really exciting. Cause one of the more fun things I did at KFC was play unchained, even though I got less of it in than I did my, my woe decks. It was still really cool to like see the combinations of cards and the fact that those are going to be out in the wild is just amazing. I think honestly, it's it's really smart just because they they're probably it's a way of them being like we don't really have a prize support system right now, so as a result, here's something you can give that's really unique as a prize. And if you do the math, it's basically for every display there is two decks to be given away as a prize. Sure. So depending on how big your attendance is, you can kind of roll with it in that way. Yeah, and I wonder yeah. what leagues will look like because league could mean like a million different things until we have like actual details. Like obviously we knew what that meant before. Like there was gem, you would get shards and all that jazz. But this time we don't actually have any idea. So we don't know what the reward system will be or what the um, actual suggested play might be other than the actual official formats that we have. So there's just so much still up in the air. I, I'm combined excited about the possibility and also like waiting on the, like the edge of the cliff for all of the information still to come. I hope it's like the last uh, league that we actually had where it was alt art decks that are given as prizes. Ooh, that would yeah. be really yeah. cool. Yeah. Winds of exchange, maybe alt art token. Could you imagine? Ah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love league play. I think that's one thing I wish our LGS had done more. Like we had like weekly sealed tournaments or weekly tournaments, but sometimes... Um, some people just aren't into the tournament scene, but they play games for the social side. And and I think the best thing they can do is, I think Keyforge, I think we were doing this. Honestly, it was so long ago, I don't remember. But just earning points to, by showing up and playing games, I think is the best thing you can do mm-hmm. to rebuild mm-hmm. um, a community and like get people just to show up. Even if they lose every game, if they're earning points towards something, uh, that's a win in my book. So I, ho- I mm-hmm. hope that's part of it. Totally. All right, now let's let's. Uh, this is actually the perfect segue into our first topic, which is um, we got woe coming in a couple of weeks. What do we do now? What <laughs> do we do now? That is the question, dear listener. To steal f- the phrase from Zach, um, <laughs> so never heard of him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, with woe coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think the first thing you you need to start doing is any discords you have where you have a conversation with people in your local scene. Now is the time to start getting some numbers. Who is going to be receiving the game found product? Because that is going to be important because that's going to give you idea of numbers of people who can be there. Um, and then you're going to want to find out who actually wants to attend an event on top of that mm-hmm. and find out maybe do you need to be sharing some of the decks you have to allow people who maybe didn't order for whatever reason lack of faith in the game at that point maybe they couldn't afford to do it yeah exactly it wasn't something that was in in the cards at this point in time so um yeah let's let's start figuring out the infrastructure of your local scene i think that's step one what would you guys say I'm personally just excited to reach out to literally everyone who has ever stepped foot into my game store and tell them Keyforge is back. I have enough decks to supply us until like the earth blows up from the sun. (laughs) Come and show up on like insert day here that I have agreed with my LGS is the night that we're going to be playing Keyforge. And I know that's not possible for everyone who didn't like ridiculously back the game found like I did, but I think 
reaching out is one of the most important things. Like mm-hmm. we have had people move away, but we also like, I, I have in fact given out some of my old Keyforge to people since the hiatus. And so people that have never had a weekly night to come to. So I, I think like just exciting the community again, even if they're, they're not laying dormant for any other reason than they just haven't had a place to go and play. But yeah. um, with, and to be fair, if my game store can't just immediately get us in because I'm getting my decks, but they aren't, and so they might want to prioritize someone else or some other game during those weeks until they can make money off of it. Like, I can also be someone like, come over to my house. Let's play Kitchen Table Keyforge for the next couple of weeks until, uh, like, the game store gets product. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had... Um you didn't know this, Sydney, but we we had a very robust local scene, and um, our our Patreon account we were gifted actually thanks to Scrounner gifted us a bunch of displays, and we actually held here in Vancouver a Help from Future Self Invitational, and oh we had gosh. someone who lived in an apartment building who had a common space, so we actually had I think it was like a twenty four person tournament that we funded the whole thing with decks and everything, and it was just like a local social. That's so amazing. If you know, if someone has a space like that that can be utilized for a kind of welcome back, here's some woe game found thing. That is always something to keep in mind as well. That's huge. Yeah, I I'm in this. I am in this weird place because I'm. Uh, we, you can see behind me. I don't have much stuff because I'm moving in a week. To a different state. <laughs> Actually, I'm moving to be uh, near Sydney. <laughs> so, um, so Sydney be... will do the heavy lifting for you. You're good. Right. <laughs> He's got to show up. <laughs> me reaching out to come join. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, yeah, as someone who's been like the the community champion here in Lexington, Kentucky, it's it's nice to be uh, sharing that. Um, because normally I would. We we do have a lot of KeyForge players in this area for as small of our city as small as our city is, and. And that would be the thing I'd be doing right now. And I have encouraged them, and there's there's going to be lots of them playing. And I'm trying to like hand off the reins to the local stuff because our we have a store who's who's willing to to go all in and has been hosting monthly sealed like all for like the last year. So we've been we just did a Dark Alliance or uh, Dark Alliance, Dark Tidings Alliance sealed tournament like a month ago. Um, oh, nice! Which was super fun. Um, but yeah, so I'm in this weird spot of I'm I'm moving to a, a city where I don't really know anybody except family, and so I, my my plan is uh, in my new job and my new connections is just be like, hey, do you do you play any games? Do you do you like playing games? <laughs> Love have, it. Have you heard of this game called Keyforge? You you want to get together and best be way friends? to make friends. I know. Um, I because I do pride myself. I've taught I've taught Keyforge more people than I can count at this point. I, I love teaching the game to people right I, right now. I work with college students. I, I won't anymore, but um, they're great audience to learn. So I've taught a lot of them how to play and, and they, they really love it. Um, especially cause on the financial side, they don't have to buy a bunch of booster packs. They can just stick with their one deck um, if they want to, but um, yeah, so it, it's uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's just, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting for sure. I think another cool thing about what's coming to us in a couple of weeks before everything gets to our game stores and retail is not just woe decks are coming to us in a couple of weeks. We are getting not only all of the additional things that we we backed, but we're getting 
prize support. There's stuff that might be considered prize support, but also like the co-op game. We're getting the adventures. Like we're getting some spoilers so we can make more content. Like when this game found gets delivered to the community, that's going to be like an injection of energy. That's more than just like literally the physical new woe decks. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's, uh, it's going to be a really great thing for all of us and the community content creators. Uh, one thing that I'm most excited about is, um, actually the fact that the way the product's coming is we don't necessarily have to hold a tournament. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing in, in my local is I'm promoting, uh, just a, casual keyforge like literally we're not gonna be like hey let's have a turn it's like everyone just come and play keyforge there's no there's no like real win or lose mentality it's like just get to know your new decks come play them because in in we in vancouver we only had as far as we actually only had one person go uh ban solitude for those who know him on the discord daniel went to kfc and he he was i think the only one from our entire city that went wow so therefore he is the only one who had that experience so no one else has so no one's really gotten to get to know winds of exchange or played in that capacity so i think having a just a mixer. I'm going to call it a Keyforge mixer where you just come <laughs> play your decks and whoever finishes up a game, next people play and you just kind of go about it that way. Um, we did have a night on Thursdays at a game store where that's actually what it was. It was never a tournament. It was just show up and play. Yes. And um, it's it's a very valuable thing. If that's something you haven't experienced in your community, um, I do recommend it. That being said, obviously getting space to play and wanting to play things like sealed and more tournament styles is something that obviously people like. So if you're if you're not able to have multiple nights, then I would I would recommend going to the other one. But having a night when you can just explore your decks without any pressure of a tournament setting is uh, really valuable, not just for your own knowledge of your collection, but it's actually the social aspect because you'll find you'll have more relaxed conversations when you're not trying to be like sweaty Zach, basically. <laughs> My my favorite place to play Keyforge is in a coffee shop. Honestly, like that's I where it. I have I have some great memories pre pandemic of meeting up at the local Starbucks with like three other guys and just jamming Keyforge when it was just Coda and AOA and uh, just because the only time we could meet it was like eight o'clock on a Thursday night and stores weren't open to host us so we were just in a coffee shop and um, those were those were some great times and. Um, I agree. I think that kind of that because ultimately, like we play games that there might be a, a small percentage of people that play games to win and to be competitive and get that itch out. But I think majority of people really do play these games to to connect, to have community, to have friendship. And and Absolutely. so I think any way we can foster that, like, hey, this is a healthy place where you can create friendship and community, I think is is a good thing for the game and good for us. And can I say something like incredibly sacrilegious? Like once we get all of these decks in person and until we can like, I guess, no, wait, it's been announced that we will be able to scan them into the master vault by the time we receive them. So that, that makes my point a little more moot than it act, than, than I want it to be. But I, I'm kind of excited to play a lot less on TCO and a lot more in person. Like as much no. as you you can scan it in, and if it's programmed, we'll be able to like get into TCO, and and everything should be fine, and you can play against your like your best friends online for for as long as you want to play. There's nothing against that, but like I am excited 
to shuffle my deck. I'm excited to feel the butterflies in my stomach of like, what am I going to draw next? I'm also excited to like order that next drink while I'm playing across the table from someone, you know, like mm. that's the kind of thing that's the, the addition to getting these in person and being able to play them is like the atmosphere that I'm able to play them in. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm excited for having your hand and not sure what you should be doing because you don't know everything <laughs> that well. So you're like, at this point, every set we play, you know, okay, this is going to be the card that I want to go. This is not the route. This card's poopy diapers. We're going to kind of <laughs> avoid that. But now you're in a position where I'm not sure what the best course of action is with the cards because we haven't seen everything together in a very robust way and a continuous way like our previous sets. And and I find that it's a very frustrating, but also a very fun because it's it's discovery all over again. You're learning new things. So I, I love that aspect. I love and hate that aspect of a new set. Well, that's mm-hmm. a fantastic transition to the other kind of topic that we wanted to chat about. And that's that's kind of like what we've learned. It's been six months since we've had our hands on these decks. Like, what have we learned and what more do we want to learn? Like, this is something where we've had a limited supply to do as as much as we possibly can with in the capacity that we can, because unless you're playing on TTS, you're not playing online. And unless you have Kitchen Table Keyforge, you're, you're not playing these decks in person. So with the limited availability, like what have we learned so far? Yeah, I mean, before we get into that, I'm, I'm just curious how everyone, this is going to be a general question. I want to know for you two specifically, but I want everyone else to think about this who's listening. Um, what has it been like not having decks of Keyforge to know what your decks are and just playing them and getting a feel for them <laughs> based on there? What has that experience been like for both of you guys? Uh, Sounds like you have an answer. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I love and hate it, uh, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It has been uh, wild because uh, I went to KFC and I came home with uh, eight Winds of Exchange, three Unchained. I did leave one unopened and I gave it to my wormhole co-host, uh, Jim, and uh, which we'll talk about later. But um, So I've had seven decks to, to, to play and I played a lot of them at, um, at KFC, but um, it, it has been like really fun to be like, I'm looking through the deck and then I'm playing the deck and then... You know, I, I've. I'm, it's interesting, Sydney. You said I'm kind of tired of TCO. I've only been playing in person. I've been playing Winds of Exchange, um, if not every week, every other week in person since KFC. Good for so, you. Yeah, wow. it's. But it's just it's my seven decks. So it's kind. Of, I am kind of bored of my seven decks. I'm ready to like. <laughs> okay, I. These are fun. Um, sorry that that feels like first world problems and people out there screaming at me through their earphones <laughs> like I hate you because I don't have anything. Um, but I. Yes, it has been fun to be like, okay, what does this, uh, what does this deck do? What's it trying to accomplish? Is this really the best, like what I thought was going to be my best, most successful deck is not. And then a deck that most people will look at and laugh because it has Blorb in it is actually like undefeated. So it's like this weird, like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate this, but I, I think probably the part I don't, that I don't like about not being able to look at the Master Vault is, I'm totally that kind of player who, like, after I play the games, like, I'll be sitting and uh, sitting in bed before I fall asleep, and that's when I'll open up like decks of KeyForge or something and be like looking at the decks and studying them and looking for connections, like the the game outside of the game, you know, like where you're mm-hmm. strategizing, you're trying to think about it, and I don't have that right now, other than like a picture on my phone where I'm like trying to open it and 
and read it but i i actually really do enjoy just like evaluating my decks in my my free time when i have like a free moment at the dmv and i'm like what do i do i'll look at the okay and lots of free moments so at the I, dmv yeah so i so i just i uh i just i do miss that and i'm i'm very much looking forward to having that so i can open it and look at it without actually having the deck in my hand when i'm busy doing other things that that makes complete sense. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little weird in that like I feel like I kind of have a bit of a benchmark because one of the decks that I I opened there did so well in a tournament in a lot of games in a row against other Winds of Exchange decks. So having had a deck that like has like Primo Brobnar and Amazing mm. Unfathomable, I feel like I even though I don't have like numbers attached to things. Um, if I if I'm playing a deck and it doesn't perform as well as that deck, then I I know it's not as good as that deck. Like I, I kind of been setting benchmarks against that one deck, and so far nothing I played has been as good. But I didn't quite expect that. Our our pool is so limited. Now I haven't I haven't let anyone else pilot that to play against that deck. But it's it's been something where that deck itself has also lost against a handful of outside of woe decks that i've played so i don't actually know if it's like cream of the crop it was just happened to be cream of the crop at the like one sealed tournament when everyone was new and fresh with the set yeah i think i think there is that um inset strength versus general strength that exists and will always exist um and that's why sometimes that's why Seal is such a great format because uh, the set is designed to interact within itself. And so you get to see that. I, I'm not sure how much thought goes into how will this stack against other things? Just how does it work within itself? And then we see that's the fun exploration outside is how do these stack up? And that's why certain sets are kind of poo-pooed in the community in the end because they may play well internally, but when you externally bring it out, they, they don't quite... Um, rise to the top as we'll say so um that's 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 an unfortunate but also a great thing because there's there's always the fun of having you know a great sealed experience and you can say hey let's jam this again because we have the sealed product it's always going to be fun like aoa i think was such a great proprietor of this concept it aoa against itself sealed great if you go sealed aoa against another set sealed you you could have a really bad time (laughs) i mean the prime example is that store championship deck i told you about sydney where i went seven and oh in survival with a 54 sas deck like that's just because it was if that went against anything else and that literally was proven next week in archon and it did not do well um (laughs) that you can um you can do really well within a set because it's designed to have that balance within itself and i don't know if you're going to experience that but i'm i'm really curious to hear the story of your deck because i think you will love that deck no matter what right it is your first child basically Um, exactly like it's actually it's already been like it's not framed but like it's in one of those game genic uh contain mm -hmm. like it's it's in its own little uh box and um, yeah (laughs) and like i'm just like whenever i i want to play a woe deck like i gravitate towards it so i'm really excited to get a whole bunch of of woe decks 
from the campaign specifically so that I can like be excited to play more sealed because mm-hmm. right now that's my, like if I get to choose which deck I'm going to play, I am going to go to that one. And it's not really giving me a whole breadth of new experiences, even though like I do have some woe still unopened and like I've been waiting for like the perfect time or, or like someone to play it against like in person that I want to introduce to the game. But like, I haven't come across those more than times that I've found people that want to play their woe decks that they've played before. So I'll just bring the woe deck I've played before. Mm, fair enough. Uh, D-House, I was wondering, since you have gotten to play a lot of Winds of Exchange and those seven decks um, to the point where it's ad nauseum for you, uh, what have you learned about the set from from that pool of decks that you've been playing? Is there is there a consistent theme or aspect that has really come to the forefront as you've been jamming those? Yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. I think some of the immediate thoughts that come to my brain are, um, number one, I, th- I think there's a lot of talk about Brobnar in this set. I do think Brobnar is phenomenal and, and probably the best house. But I think the best Woe decks we're going to see are actually going to be Mars decks. And I think Mars has some 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 like like sneakily good cards that maybe aren't super flashy at the at the out front or at the at the outset, but it's just every Mars deck that I've played has been wow, this is solid. Wow, this is solid. Like Mars is just consistently producing. Uh, it just feels like Coda again. We're talking Mars and Brobnar. Um, <laughs> But Mars has been by far the obviously there's there's a there's a floor you know a, a low floor for every uh, deck that they can hit. But I think in general, my experience with Mars um, has been that it's going to consistently perform in Woe, and I'm and that's what I want to see. And part of it has to do with the the tokens that come in specifically in Mars. Um, I think there's a lot of talk about Blorb and Blorb is terrible and Blorb this and Blorb that. Um, if you have hard R, like if you're purging the Blorb Hive, then yeah, it's like, okay, that's gone. But um, in my Blorb deck, I've had many games that I uh, have forged like a, a key for free. I started the turn with like three Blorbs and was able to create seven Blorbs and Blorb Hive for every key. Like in many games, this isn't like an outstanding like ex- ex- exception. So um, it's like, you you know, if you don't have hard R, then yeah, Blorb is whatever. But even if we discount Blorb, if we just look at the other tokens, I think like um, I think one of the things that that I, that I think we've learned about Woe is that health, more health on your tokens, just immediately increases the value of your deck. I mean, going from one to two is a massive jump, and then two to anything else is an even larger jump. So even like a generic, a token like Grunt, um, which is just a three power Mars Mars token. It seems pretty underwhelming, and I remember um, we actually did an episode on Wild Wormhole where we 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 ranked the the twenty one tokens. We hadn't seen seven of them. This was before KFC, so we did we called it the way too early uh, ranking of the token creatures, knowing we'd be totally wrong by the end of it. But we were like, ah, let's do this for fun. And Grunt was really low on my list, and now I put Grunt way up higher um, because I think it it just a, a simple health pool. If you can spam tokens. A health pool of three is um, is significant. So I think I think Grunt is solid. I think Rebel, you know, one cost 
or, or not quote, yeah, one health after reap deal one to a creature with all these tokens. I think Rebel is going to continue to perform. Mars token. Yes, yes, Mars token. And uh, and then Researcher, I still think Researcher is one of the best uh, tokens in the whole set. I, I Other people have disagreed with me. I still hold to that. It's one health, has Omni, reveal Mars creature from your hand and archive it. It's just pure efficiency. Um, so deal with it if you don't want me to have efficiency or don't deal with it. And I'll just have all these guys out there uh, reaping. So, Have you found I, that I, having a Mars token in a deck with a really good Mars house is beneficial? Or do you find that like... Because you're putting a lot of tokens out with like that are that house maybe on that turn and they come in uh, exhausted. Like how how is that how does that work for you? You know that's interesting. I do think in general, I uh, unless <laughs> unless Brobnar's in the set, most of the time I do actually like having a a, a Mars token. Um, I mean, I'm thinking of things like you know Crystal Hive is in the set. You know, uh, old old artifact for the main of the turn, gain one each time a creature reaps. I mean, those are the cards that you really want in um, uh, where a Martian, Martian creature. I think Hypnotic Command is still one of my favorite Amber Control things, and it's back in the set for each friendly Mars creature. Choose an enemy creature to capture one from their own side. And if you can, and that can be sneaky too, because you can create like three or four tokens like, like that in a turn and then drop Hypnotic Command, and all of a sudden they're down yep. for Amber. Um, so yeah, I think in general, yes, I do. I do like having a Mars token, um, with the exception of if Brobnar's in there, I probably want the Brobnar token. But uh, maybe not totally. Like there's exceptions. I think in all of Keyforge, there's exceptions to the rule. But um, in general, yes, I do like the the Mars tokens a lot. I honestly, I would have to agree because I'm looking at one of the cards I have right now. It's Kaboom. And the fact that you can put each March creature into its owner's archives, like just the efficiency of having a lot of your deck in your archives alone is uh, is pretty big. So I, I think that's, uh, unfortunately, I did not have a Mars token in this deck, but just, just seeing the potential for that, I thought was really wild, which brings me to my next question. Um, and that is, do you think the amount of ways you can generate token, the more that the higher that number is, the better your deck is? Love that and question. And I'm going to ask for both of you. Yeah. So Cindy, and why don't you take that one first? So I think it incredibly varies. I love high token generation decks because I feel like the efficiency in those decks is ridiculous. You get the you get the board from like Worlds Collide and, and Mass Mutation, but then you also get ways to manipulate it and you can choose what you want to do with those cards because you are going to have a higher probability of creatures on the board than your actual creature count in your deck. And so the fact that if you are able to create a lot of tokens, what you're doing is you're benefiting from a card twice. You can use its its actual whatever it is, whether it be a creature or an action, an upgrade, whatever, or it can be a token in front of you. So if your token is beneficial to your win condition or even just fun, like we're not necessarily talking competitive here. If your token is just fun, like a blorb and you can create a lot of blorbs, it's so much more fun to play the deck. And so I really like a lot of token creation, but I, I do understand that there are strategies that you can play in this set that I found that don't actually generate a lot of tokens. There are just some really good straight up cards in this in this set that if you just go for those like 
unfathomable control. Like you don't really need your a, a token strategy to to dominate your opponent like that. Dios, I want to hear your your response to the same question. But uh, when you said that, Sydney, it sparked something in my mind, which was. Do you think that we're potentially not playing Winds of Exchange decks to their full potential because everyone is thinking about tokens and token generation instead of just being like, these are the cards I have and I can just do great things with this Mm -hmm. because we're still not used to that aspect of having uh, the Winds of Exchange cards, but we're like, look at this new shiny object, (laughs) aka the tokens. So we're going for the shiny every time. What what do you think on that, Sydney? And then D-House, I'll let you respond to both questions after... I absolutely love the like strategizing that's going on because I'm I'm interested to see if if what people think will actually play out in person because a lot of people are afraid of these one power token creatures but just like artifact control um, like unless your opponent actually has an artifact you want to deal with you don't need artifact control so or unless you like um oh what's that cannon that uh, every time you put someone um, auto cannon auto cannon like unless your opponent has auto cannon like my my all four Equidon tokens are one power. All of them, in my opinion, are amazing. And I feel like if you can get them out and your your dex strategy needs you to get them out, it's it's not necessarily the scariest thing to have them all out there. Now, people are talking the exact opposite, that decks that have really, really weak tokens aren't going to be valuable in using their tokens. And I hope people do explore that because I would like to know more about that, and maybe a lot of the decks I have will be the same way, but I don't yet know if that's the kind of thing where the best decks will go heavy token or not. All right, D-House, you're up. Yeah, so since you mentioned autocannon, um, I played a game at KFC. It was, a sec- it was the second Amber. I played against Drazcore. We both got eliminated. We went over... We got our decks, so we just sat down and opened up our decks and started playing. And my token creature was Bot, which has one health. And he's playing like a Saurian, Brobnar, Sanctum, big, big, beefy, you know, deck, whatever, with lots of armor, lots of things. And his first play of the game is he played Autocannon. And which means anytime I play bot, they just immediately die. Like it, it was just like I opened this brain deck. I'm like, all right, let's play some Winds of Exchange. And then I just, I literally looked at him and I looked at my hand and I said, I mean, do I just scoop? Like, this, <laughs> like do we play this? And like, it was awful. It was the worst game ever. And we were just laughing at like how just kind of. So I, Blake, I kind of had to play into your question a little bit of like, okay, I just cannot play my um my token creating cards because it just it's just sort of a little bit wasting efficiency um i did have um the sanctum card i think it's the gray abyss or uh something like that it creates a token creature and it gives all your token creatures one plus one armor um Mm. so i so because i had that it was a little bit of protection against autocannon um but i did read uh, a comment in discord or somewhere i can't remember michael hurley Who's like the director of operations at GG? He said, "Who who allowed Auto Cannon to be reprinted in this set? Come on!" <laughs> and like kind of like a self thing. I was like, "Thank you, Michael. I agree." Um, so yeah, I do think it, it is interesting when you're like, "Okay, do I do I play in this?" I love to play combo decks. Like my the deck I played at KFC was my uh, Senator Brockus um, uh, Sarian Key Charge deck. It's like very combo archive sorry and get free keys with your opponent's amber like 
just insane. And and so my I naturally gra- gravitate towards those because I just find those wins very satisfying. I get that dopamine hit that you talked about a couple episodes ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I'm like, okay, I don't know. Wins of exchange, like it'd be really hard to play into some of those combos if you need specific pieces. Um, so I, I am curious. Like that's probably what I like really want to learn is is do you yeah are there decks where the token creating card is actually a, a discard at times um, and and I and I don't know I will say even just mentioning you mentioned Kaboom um, you know f- for that Blorb deck that I talked about it does have Kaboom and um, and there was one time um, uh, my Blorb hive did get purged and it's like okay these blurbs are useless except for one power fighters um and uh and then kaboom popped up and i was like oh thank goodness because i had like eight eight blurbs on the table that couldn't do anything and so i kaboom put eight cards in my archives and then i have a little bit of options there so um yeah i think i think it will be i think it will be very interesting and i think this set is going to force us to think and play a little bit differently than we're used to um and and I don't know that we've figured out how to evaluate it yet, and that's kind of exciting. I like that. I like yeah, that. I, I I do like that a lot. Um, so with with the idea of of tokens, I, I think just as you guys speak, ideas come to my head because I don't have the experience of playing a lot. But I think if you have tokens, like you said, you need to pitch these. I think if you have a deck that has a lot of token generation, but also has a lot of printed ember. So by just playing cards, you generate Ember. I think you have an advantage of creating tokens even though they die because you'll just cycle through your deck faster. And that's going to be a strategy we may see is the actually way you can just turn your deck over with with stuff. And I, I'm kind of excited yeah. to see like that printed Ember rush and how that looks like with this potential ability. Yeah. Curse Relic, man. Curse Relic is going to be a beast. It's going to... I think it's going to surprise some people... Um, my cursed relic deck has twenty three printed amber. Um, oh wow! It's it's for, like for I, those it's, of you who don't know, cursed relic is an artifact, and it hand it enhances. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. It enhances six amber, and you cannot play cursed relic. Cursed relic cannot be discarded from your hand except through card abilities. Whoa! Yeah. So that that that's uh, one of my top two, probably my second best deck. Um, where it, it's just, uh, it's Equidon, um, Brobnar, and Sanctum. And so all, all I do is just play cards and earn Amber. But the cards I play are like a five-power Brobnar creature with two Amber. I'm like, okay, you can kill it if you want to. <laughs> I can fight into it, kill it, and then I'll get it. You know, it's like, uh, it, it's some some really fun synergies where, exactly what you said, where I'm just like dropping Amber and it getting to check. Oh, and the uh, the token is um, dip, uh, diplomat. I believe is the one who after reap you gain one. Um, the sure dinosaur one. No, no. Uh, Equidon. Equidon. Oh, okay. um, token diplomat. Yes. Elusive. Yeah. After reap, each player gains one. So not only do I have twenty three printed amber, but anytime my tokens reap, I'm getting two amber, and I'm giving you one. But I'm basically saying I can go faster than you if you don't have wow. answers. So it is a it's a weird deck. I have no ways to get rid of Curse Relic out of my hand though. There's no like old tinkers or anything like that. Um, but so you're um, praying for it to become a token, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. And not get it in my opening hand. If I don't have it in my opening hand, I usually don't mulligan because I'm like I don't want to like. <laughs> risk risk this but um it, it is a fun one and i think if if you i, I think there's going to be some cursed relic decks out there that can like 
effectively get rid of that card out of your hand somehow. Um, and it's going to be wild to, to see. I think, I think uh, we could see that being at the top tables. So, Blake, as the person who has actually played the least of this, why don't you tell us what kinds of things are you looking forward to? What, what more do you want to explore? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I've, I've gone to see... So both decks that I have have Mars in it. Um, when, when I was opening these decks, the things that I wanted is I wanted to see some Brobnar. I wanted to see some Mars. I wanted to see Equidon just for the the new shiny factor. But then I also want to see the fish because um, I, I actually love Unfathomable, even in Dark Tidings. Me too. People say that it's not that great, but there are things that happen there that are just really special in Dark Tidings. But it's, it's I don't know, Dark Tidings is just AOA 2.0 the way I, I feel like. It has the same feeling when you play, but it's got more to it. And when you get the right things, they're they're really fun. And when you get the wrong things, they're really just not fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the flavor of Unfathomable, all that stuff. So uh, I really wanted to get an Unfathomable and I did. And not only did I get an unfathomable, I got that that mega disruption unfathomable. It's just like when you're playing the cards, you're just like your opponent goes, What are you doing? Like, how is this a thing? Like that's yeah. that's what it is. Um That was Abramides at uh, at KFC. Yeah. He, he he wrecked me with his unfathomable control deck. It was bad. Yeah, like this this um has the the fun things of um two befuddles. Three sunk costs, and uh, I think initiation and abysmal sight. So you can look at your opponent's hand and then just start doing stupid things. So it's (laughs) it's really fun in that sense. Um, Yeah, I I really like it. Yeah, that's like an ideal. Like you can already make an amazing alliance deck out of your whoa. Uh, actually, it's true because the other two houses are not amazing. Uh, when I say other two, the the uh, Star Alliance is not amazing, but the the Mars is is pretty cool. But yes, I would I would one hundred percent look to use that as a an alliance house because there's some some really cool things in there, and um, the two decks actually play very well against each other. Like they are like you are slugging it out right to the end. But the Brobnar deck that has the Warrior token, um, that's the weird thing is Sydney sends me two decks. And the first one I open happens to have the token that she won everything with, and I just thought that was so. She fitting. has the golden touch somehow. Yeah, and so Cindy, you're gonna you're gonna open my decks when I get them at the end love of the it, month. Okay? Love it. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. Sydney's got the golden touch, and and they they played really well, and they they're really fun to play against each other. But the Brobnar one always won, like always won, but it wasn't like a blowout, which is the great part. So you're having fun, you're doing stupid things with your unfathomable, but. You you weren't gonna win. That's just how it worked. Like it was very obvious. It was outclassed, but not mar like it was marginally outclassed, not just head over tails outclassed. So uh, the things that I want to see is I want to see more of of that. And uh, the the houses that people are saying are not good. What are the good combinations like? Because every house that is not good, it just means usually the majority of commons and stuff are not great, which is leading to on average, you're going to see a lesser version of that house potentially, but there are always be things that will happen that go, Oh wow, this is really good. And I like seeing these cards together. So when people write off certain houses, I want to find the combinations that are undeniably good because Mm -hmm. when people see your, your three houses, they're going to be like, Oh, you have that house. And they're going to instantly kind of write off something. And then you go bam, bam, bam and go, what now? (laughs) That's, that's what I, I want to have. 
And now with the uh, rules that you can look at the Archon card at any point, if it's not sealed, then at least you could be like, oh, that's what wrecked me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be a fun aspect. So um, the thing I'm most looking forward to is actually just the discovery. It's I, I've kind of, aside from when we were getting spoilers and as a content creator, having to kind of keep my, as as as, as limited as I could, doing spoilers in the way that we were given, I, I've kind of really stayed away from cards other than these two decks. There's a lot of things I've never seen before, and I'm really looking forward to opening something and and taking the time to have to read all my cards because I don't know what they are. That is actually what I'm most looking forward to. That's awesome. People have been really down on Sanctum, I honestly, and I was too initially. I thought I thought Sanctum was a little underwhelming uh, again, and again, people might disagree with this take, but I, I've I've uh, in my limited uh, perspective, I actually think Sanctum um, has some interesting stuff. It, it does some of the, the the typical things like capture and has a bunch of armor. Which armor? Who cares if there's you know board wipes? But if you don't have board wipes against some of these Sanctum decks that are capturing all your amber, you're gonna have a really uh, tough time. Stuff like outflank. Uh, it's a Sanctum action with an amber pit. Each Sanctum flank creature captures two from its opponent. Um, with uh, Hadros Wall in this set too, like your 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 friendly flank creatures get plus two power. Like, there's some situations where you're like, yeah, maybe I'm stalling here, but if you don't if you don't have that answer or you already played that answer earlier, um, I think Sanctum can do some interesting, like you say, like some some combinations and uh, some stuff that I think uh, are gonna surprise. Uh, more than a few people, um, and there's some there's some just outstanding cards in there that like. Uh, My favorite, glorious few. Like they yes, just have the burst yep. ability. Like the mm-hmm. the membership uh, drive. If you got a token deck, same sort of thing. Like exactly, exactly. Could you imagine going glorious few into a membership drive? Like you go, then create tokens, and you're like, I had nothing, and I created some ember, and now mm-hmm. I have a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to also create some ember. So I I think that's it's got some really cool burst potential in Sanctum mm-hmm. that people are overlooking, but it will be the right combinations. And I, I agree with you, D-House. I think it's going to be one of those that I talked about where the right set of cards is going to come together and people are going to get rolled by a Sanctum <laughs> and not see it coming. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. I actually had one of the my, one of my KFC decks for Alliance Sealed was uh, a Sanctum deck that the Sanctum House had double glorious few um, and I think Squire was the, or the, the two cost, uh, the, the, or the two health taunt, um, guy, I think it's yep. Squire. Uh, okay. yep. Squire. And I am kicking myself. You know what? I, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that actually. But, um, it had one printed Amber and double glorious few and the one printed Amber scared me. Uh, and so I didn't include it, but, um, but then I went back and played that actual deck and it, the double glorious few with a sanctum token um, is presents this weird thing where like, I can spam all these tokens. You can either deal with all these little two power taunt guys um, and risk me then glorious fewing into a ton of amber, or you could leave them out and I'll just reap, you know, to, <laughs> and so it, it presents this like, kind of like, what do you want to do? Pick your poison kind of thing totally. that I've really enjoyed. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it for time this week, folks. But uh, of course, we cannot end an episode without our titular segment. And we call this one Help Help from Future Self. self. 
So, uh, D House, as our guests, I understand uh, that you have one this week, and we always love to hear our guests give their lesson learned from the past. So, what lesson do you have to share for your future self? Yeah, this is going to sound uh, counterintuitive to like, you know, what we were talking about building a community and welcoming people into the games. But I think I'm going to stop um, learning from my, you know, previous self. I'm going to, I'm going to stop giving, um, sealed like in the wrapper decks to my friends because I keep giving them all the best decks. <laughs> so it started, it started back in Worlds Collide. I was talking, my friend Daniel was his birthday. I bought him a sealed Worlds Collide deck and he opened up a legacy drummer, not Ganger chieftain deck. Um, oh so he's gosh. got like one of the only uh, drummer not decks uh, or uh, uh, ganger not decks in Worlds Collide, and he plays it all the time. And I get <laughs> wrecked by this Worlds Collide uh, deck, and it's super obnoxious. And then uh, my other friend Marcus, it was his birthday. I got him a Mass Mutation deck. He opened up a Triple Bow Nithing Safe House deck. It was like an eighty-three SAS Mass Mutation deck. Um, back uh, when it was just Coda, I got my brother a Christmas Coda deck. And it, it was like a library access time traveler triple phase shift. Oh my SAS deck. Uh, and then, uh, and then for uh, Winds of Exchange, I brought back a sealed Winds of Exchange deck, and I gave it to uh, gave it to Jim, and he opened up, and it's a prospector deck that um, is so good he can't <laughs> lose. It just literally he gets all these prospectors out there. He either reaps the victory or he draws a bunch of cards. And it's literally anytime I gift someone a, a deck that's sealed, it's amazing. And so I'm going to start hoarding all the decks myself. I'm going to open all of them. And I'm going to give only give out uh, decks that I've seen previously. So there you I go. I love it. There's, there's so my Grinchy help from future self. When I like just I told Chris because like we came up with so many extra decks because if you like got to a certain tier that you like your prize was getting more sealed decks when I told Chris I was sending Blake some decks and I actually sent a couple other people decks as well he was like open them first and I was like what no and he's like but what if you give away like the best wins of exchange deck that we have and I was like well then it'll be in Blake's hands like that's a good thing (laughs) oh that's so good oh that's great uh, thank you for sharing that. That is uh, honestly, I I have that trepidation every single time I want to give someone a deck. Like I'm always wondering, like, what if this is the best deck? And then it's like, well, you know what, paying it forward type of thing. That's that's how I kind of view it. I guess so. <laughs> so, um, D House, thanks for coming on. If people want to get in touch with you, what is the ble- best place to do so? Yeah, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Wild Wormhole. I'm on the Facebook pages. Um, and I'm in all the, the discords. Recently started a new podcast called Unplayable, um, mm. where it, it, guys I started Wild Wormhole with, but they don't play as much Keyforge. But we, we're just good friends, and we like to talk about games still. So this is my way of forcing them to talk Keyforge with me in a different way. We talk about other games too. Um, but I, I always try to sneak in some Keyforge in there just to be like, hey, and Keyforge this and Keyforge that, and, and appealing to a wider audience that doesn't just listen to Keyforge Um uh, and trying to invite them in, so that's just called unplayable. We've been having some fun with that, but um, love it. Yeah, I'm I'm all over the Discord, so hit me up if you have any anything of note. Perfect. And Sydney, where can people find you? I am as always SC Steel on TCO and Discord. Excellent. And uh, you can find me on the Discord 
at Boulevard Blake. That's BLVD Blake, number sign 3840. And my YouTube is uh, at BLVD Blake HFFS. And I'm putting out so much content. I think I've recorded <laughs> five videos that have not been released yet. Oh uh, I forgot to post one this week. But um, there is one that I'm going on about uh, efficiency and the evolution of that in the game and where it's coming with uh, Winds of Exchange as well. And I'm I'm actually pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's a a pretty neat uh, conversation that I had with myself. And um, yeah, I do do look forward to dropping that next week. So uh, please go check that out and subscribe if you have not and share with your friends. And uh, as always, folks, you can catch us here next week with another iteration of Hell from Future Self. But until then, my friends, stay forging.